When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Grongi Maguire and this is Chantelle Fiducci and Pate. Hello. We bonded over our love of reminiscing about weird celebrity couples. The ones no one would believe happened if Google wasn't there to back it up. We want you to join us as we remember when love was young, times were simpler and we really thought that Angelina and Billy Bob Thornton were going to make it. Every week we're joined by a celebrity guest to discuss the showbiz romance they never got over. So take our hand and stroll down memory lane with us as we remember the the way they were. Chantal, what are you loving this week? What do you want to break up with? What I'm loving this week is a cheese board delivered to your hotel (gasps) room, which I had this week. My bestie took me away to a spa um, down on the coast. We went out to a three-course dinner, obviously, in the hotel after our treatments. And before we went, we watched the first half of He's All That, which is the remake of She's All That, which, by the way, is a great remake. I stand by it. Nothing wrong with that film. And then we went to have dinner, came back with a second bottle of red and had the cheese board delivered to our room where we then watched the final half of He's All That while eating the cheese board in bed with the red wine. Grania, it was amazing. When the guy turned up with it on the silver platter, we were already in our robes, like the big terry cloth spa robes. With the che- There were no crumbs anyways, but it was so massive, the platter. And then when you were done, you just put it up somewhere. You didn't have to worry about it. If you can get someone, anyone in your life, to bring you pre-cut up, pre-room temperature made cheese with crackers and some chutney to your room it's life-changing in a sense it's worth it it makes you think like you've made it i haven't made it but it makes you feel like you've made it that's what i'm loving this week what about you did you just get down on your knees and weep? I'll tell you what, I wasn't even that hungry. I didn't even really want it. It was more my friend that wanted it. I just wanted it to be delivered to me. I just wanted the visual of me receiving a cheese board from a not unhandsome little bellboy looking guy as well. So everything about it was... And all the different cheeses, they were all so tasty. Are you a cheese girl? I love cheese. Oh, it's so I love good. cheese. There was, oh, there was, you would have loved this. Honestly, you would have been, oh, it was heaven. Not even that expensive. Doesn't cost that much for a taste of luxury. I absolutely love this story, but I have also just seen White Lotus. So part of me is a little bit worried that you're now like a metaphor for Oh, we spent a lot privilege. of time discussing White Lotus while in a jacuzzi drinking champagne that was brought to us. <laughs> so yeah, we're fully aware of the, what we were doing. So the nearest I have to that level of decadence is I went to a wedding on Sunday. Now, I love weddings, but I feel like I've never done a wedding properly because I feel with weddings, there's too much waiting around. And then I get hungry. I don't like drinking when I'm hungry because I'm grumpy. So I don't like drinking. And then I eat too much and then I'm too full to drink. And I just have always felt I've done weddings wrong. By the sounds of it, you have been doing them wrong. I get so stressed when I'm hungry. I just am a nightmare. But this wedding was amazing because we went to the ceremony at the start of the day, which was beautiful, gorgeous. 
Then, because of COVID restrictions, we weren't invited to the meal part, which was fine. Me and my boyfriend got fish and chips. We went back nice. to the Airbnb, nice. watched all three Lovers Blind reunion episodes, nice. eating our fish and chips, and then headed to the boogie part. And by that point, you were totally fed, and then you had the free booze and dancing. Now you know how to do it. So from now on, is your plan to always just skip the meal? I think you can cite dietary like, requirements, something like that, and just say you say you feel sick or something, just get the hell out of there, go do your own stuff, and then come back. Is that the point? Yeah, I think all weddings should be ceremony, then go watch food in front of Netflix, then a dance. Do you don't like the speeches? I love watching the speeches because they're not very good, but I'm into watching them. But I just, I get so grumpy. I don't like dawdling, and I can't stand hovering. I feel I like you don't hovering. like weddings. <laughs> For someone who's like, I love a wedding. I'm, Do you? I feel like a lot of what weddings are you're into. <laughs> it's just when they go to get their pictures taken and I genuinely feel like I could watch Gone with the Wind between the actual ceremony and the first bit of morsel of food in my mouth. Yeah, you got to bring a snack long. bag or you have to be okay with drinking on an empty stomach or mm-hmm. have a huge breakfast or do what you did. Just skip out and have fish and chips. The, the way they were... Actor, comedian, man about town, estiche and vagabond, flaneur, that is, Mr. David Mills. And here I am. May we call you David? As if you magicked me (laughs) out of the ether. Whenever two or more gather in my name, I am there. (laughs) Hear that. It's true. How are you, David? I'm hanging in there. You know, I think I'm going to make it at least until tomorrow. We'll see what happens then. So, David, we asked you to take a little wander down your personal memory lane of great loves that have been and are sadly no more. Mm. And I'm so excited about your couple. But Chantel, obviously, you don't know who the couple is. And I'm really nervous. I have a really bad feeling I'm not going to know them. Because I like to do a bit of reading about the couple before the recording. And let's just say this couple had to do quite a lot of research. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Okay. There's a lot of drama, guys. There was a lot of drama. But, you know, they really paid off and they gave a lot. Not just they... to one another, but to all of us, I think. And, oh my God, and the underrated as well. Before we go any further, I'm going to set the scene. So, Chantal, we can let you know that our okay. great couple got together in the spring of 1997. So just to take you back, it is the year Tony Blair is elected. We lost Princess Diana, Queen of Our Hearts, and Men in Black is the top film at the box office. And these two lovebirds captured each other and the world's imagination. Any ideas who they might be? That's it? You can be a year? (laughs) A year and a season? As I always start with this, are they British? No. Am I la- they're American. I presume those are the options here. They're always either British or American. No one's yet to come here with anything else. We're sticking with those two. Oh, God. Spring 97. You're in your bootcut jeans. You're listening to your disc man. <laughs> your... <laughs> Here's the hint that for me encapsulates okay. their relationship. I, yeah, that's not a lot for me right? to work with this a year. Ready? Go on. Matching white pantsuits. Matching white pantsuits. Matching white pantsuits at the White House Correspondents' Dinner. <sighs> Who wears a matching white pantsuit? Wait, are they... You know these two. <laughs> are the they... The image in your brain. No, I don't... Cuddling are they... up with Bill Clinton, laughing on the couch with Oprah. 
Are they both women? Is it Ellen and Anne Hesch? Of course it is. Yes. What a pairing. What a pair. Yes. Oh, Anne Hesch, woman of our time. The first great lesbian romance of really of our time. I definitely of the time. Name one before them that we that was open and out about it. I guess wow. the closest I can think of would be Sandra Bernhardt and Madonna. They had a little fling in the 80s. They had a bit of a fling, it. didn't they? Yes, but they, they weren't, weren't full. They, they weren't, weren't going red carpet Scissor action. Sisters. They weren't yeah. doing that. No, and they also weren't national heroes in the way that <laughs> Anne and Ellen were. They weren't the pioneers, <laughs> the trailblazers. And the matching haircuts, matching everything. Matching yeah, everything. They just matched. Yeah. Matching highlights, matching feathered yeah. Rachel Cush. Yes. Mm-hmm. Matching mm-hmm. frosted. The frosted blocks. tips. And oh, same so height as well. They could wear each other's clothes. Wear his clothes. One was the butch and one was the femme. As always. As always. As we see in. You've got to have that dynamic. relationships and all relationships. You know? So before we figure out what brought these two together, I did a little bit of research on their respective past. Now, who do we want to hear first about? Ellen or Anne? I think I know more about Ellen already, so I'd like to hear more about Anne Hesh, because I okay. find her really interesting. So first of all, just a little bit of context, because I think this is really interesting. So the year they got together, 97, Ellen was 38, Anne, 28. Yes. So there's a bit of an age wow, gap sir, dynamic I didn't realize between that. the two. So Anne was... She had a lot of heat. <laughs> she had a lot of heat. We so forget she's... that. We forget that. She had a lot of heat. She, she was the moment in the late 90s. Anne was having a moment. She had been an actress since she was a child. She, Anne's background was tricky. So her family moved about quite a bit. Her dad died of AIDS when she was really young. She came from an incredibly religious family. Her mother yes. now is like a super extreme conservative Christian. So Anne is working through a lot. She has moved away from her family. She moved to New York. She started doing sort of soap operas, then small films. Now... Okay, wait, wait, wait. We we can't gloss over this moment. (laughs) She won, I think, multiple daytime Emmys for her role on Another World. I was a Days person myself. Oh, were you? Okay. I was always Days. But Another World, I think, (laughs) fed into Days. I was firm Days. I was not so much Another World, but they were on the same channel. She has real pedigree. She comes out of American soap operas. Then she moved into films from there. And that was a big time for American soap operas back then as well. It was a big big time. It was just post Luke and Laura, about 10 years after Luke and Laura. Yeah. And also not a lot of actors make that jump. Because you're both American, obviously. Soap operas in America, is it anyway sort of the same sort of cultural space as Coronation Street and EastEnders? I would say no. I think they're completely different. Because they're not prime time, they're daytime. So they're daytime. Aside from, I know in the 90s, I guess, sorry, in the 80s, I guess Dallas was an evening one. Dallas wasn't, was it, wasn't Dallas and Dynasty nighttime ones? Those were so Those they were unusual, but all the daytime wacky ones like Days of Our Lives and Another World, all of those is a whole different, it's just housewives that watch those. Yeah, but also the other thing, Grania, that's very different. And students. Super aspirational. Yeah, so big they time. lived gl- very glamorous lives in the way that Dallas and Dynasty did. Mm. It's not work a day like EastEnders or Coronation Street. These are sort of glamorous people living glamorous lives. Yeah, they're all in mansions all the time. And they're much more wackadoo than the English soap operas, which is what makes them great. Our heroine Anne makes the leap from daytime soap to 
small, quite prestigious TV stuff in 1996. She makes If These Walls Could Talk. I know that If These Walls Could Talk. I loved If These Walls Could Talk. They made two of those. I watched them both. Don't worry about it. You had Chloe Sevigny and they were playing a biker lesbian, which I loved. Ellen was in one and it was her and Sharon Stone having the lesbian couple having the children. That was If These Walls Could Talk too. I forgot what Anne Hesh did. I just remember Chloe Sevigny and Ellen. Demi Moore. Moore. She did one with Demi Moore, didn't she? That she did the first one with Demi Moore. That's right. It was iconic lesbian through history. In yeah. a house. It was great. HBO miniseries. Is that right? It was HBO. Um, um, HBO am, am I wrong? Directed by Cher? No. Was <laughs> maybe, it? Maybe the second, maybe the second series, second episode was directed by Cher. Something you're just like trying that. To, you're just trying to make sure a Cher reference is made within the first 20 minutes. And I, I, I love you for it. I have to make sure she's, she is in the air that we breathe. She'll come in. She'll be in the ether. <laughs> it's wherever gays gather, she sure just appears. She did not direct it, did she? I think she probably did. Or she built the house. <laughs> Should we just or not she look it up plumbing? and say that she did? Someone someone did. Someone yeah. someone did. And even if it wasn't Cher, they were trying to be, they were thinking Ronnie, what Cher did. Carry on. I'm just going to look into that a little bit. I think she did the catering. Cher directed the third segment. Third segment. I'm not sure I saw that one. That one starred Demi Moore, Sissy Spacek, and Cher. It's good, because if she was messing up a line, she could tell herself to snap out of it. Exactly. Snap out of it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Anne enters the public spotlight, 1997, with Volcano, an appearance in I Know What You Did Last Summer, and the political comedy Wag the Dog. She had previously, her dating history was exclusively heterosexual. Mm Mm-hmm. Two of the most famous ones were Lindsay Buckingham, guitarist from Fleetwood Mac, and everybody's favourite banjo-playing funny man, Steve hey, Martin. Martin. Yep. Now, this is, I think, interesting. Steve Martin, 24 years her senior. And then didn't he make fun of her in Bowfinger? He referenced her in Bowfinger, yeah. The girl, I forget who the girl is in Bowfinger, leaves the lead, leaves him for a lesbian. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. Something. I don't know who plays her. I've forgotten who plays her. So, Heather, Heather Graham. Graham. That's right. Heather Graham. Their race difference was mental, him and her together. It was crazy. And everyone kind of got away with it because it's Steve Martin and he's nice. It's crazy how her relationship with Ellen was so controversial, but somebody 24 years her senior, people were like, oh, how romantic. That's well, nice. But I mean, it was consensual. Let's not yeah. suggest otherwise. Think about her mental state. So she's had a very difficult childhood. She's in a very sort of insecure profession. She's dating people a lot older than her. She's mm-hmm. at a moment in the spotlight. Enter her love interest. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres. But what's key is they see each other across a crowded room at the Variety Oscars party. Really? Well, that's a lot. Now, if that's not disorienting, I don't know what is. And also, you have to think of where Ellen's career is here as well. She had already come out. I'm gay. Yep, I'm gay. Big so, TV guide color. Actually, she hadn't come out. Oh, had she not? I thought she'd she done the TV guide. So, Ellen... Is from the south. She's from Louisiana. She's from from my neck of the woods. She's from New Orleans. She's from Louisiana. Her parents divorced when she was young. They also very Christian background. Now, her first serious relationship. Oh my God. Talk about soap opera. Her first proper girlfriend 
She had a fight with her. She's going out with her. It was a rocky relationship. They were having an argument because she kind of thought her girlfriend was cheating on her. She was in a bar with her girlfriend watching a band. Her girlfriend wants to talk to her. Ellen's annoyed, so she pretends she can't hear her. The girlfriend gets annoyed, leaves. (sighs) Then Ellen leaves about like half an hour later, is driving along the road, sees a car crash, gets home discovers it was her girlfriend in the car crash. Off the back of that experience, she writes this famous stand-up routine that turns her from like a waitress to one of the most famous comedians in America. She's still in the closet. Then she has a relationship with a producer that ends in 96. Date's very important. She has this long-term relationship with the TV producer that ends in 96. Then she meets Annie at the Oscars and a week later she comes out on Time magazine as the lesbian we all know and love. Classic yeah. lesbians yeah. as well within a week moving in together probably and planning soon, a future. I think soon after she and Anne go on Oprah. Well so the big controversy was, was she silent or was she silenced? <laughs> That's my question. That's my only question. I mean, Oprah knew what she was doing back there. She got the couples on quick. She oh, yeah. was straight in there. She knew what she was doing. So, David, do you think it's like this moment, this sort of like late 90s, early noughties? What is so iconic, do you think, about Anne and Ellen? Well, I think that era was sort of when I peaked as a human being anyway. So <laughs> I, you know, have a great affection for that moment. The white pantsuits at the correspondence dinner... Later really- later in the trajectory, when they hung out with the Clintons, was such a style moment. You know, I tried to emulate on many occasions. I could never <laughs> find someone who would want to be my partner in that. So I ended up looking like the Rube, you know, but two white pantsuits, dynamite, one pant- white pantsuit. Celine Dion at the, at the Oscars. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I was a fan of Ellen as a stand-up. I was not a huge fan, I have to be honest, of the Ellen sitcom, which I didn't think played to her strengths. But I did like her as a a comedian. And of course, as a a young, budding comedian in that era as well, we all knew she was gay. I mean, I didn't certainly didn't perform with her. I was really, really low-level just starting out. But I knew people who did perform with her and everyone knew she was gay and all her audience. She had a huge lesbian following, massive lesbian following. And she would play big lesbian festivals, but she would never be open about it, never talk about it. I mean, I know that concept sounds weird right now, but a lot of acts, a lot of lesbian acts in particular, because there were many lesbian comedians in the 90s, a lot of them would play the lesbian festivals, like lesbian music festivals and things like that. But they would never mention being lesbian. Like her and Rosie O'Donnell headlining, but no one's Like Rosie O'Donnell, exactly, that sort of thing. So Ellen was in that world, and and we all sort of knew and and loved her as comedians. Even though, not personally, but she really liked her act and was rooting for her. And then she blew up nationally, and I felt invested in her. No, I remember watching her loads as a kid. Like I don't think Mm. people over here realize quite how big she was in the early 90s. Like She was on Comedy Central like almost every night. I thought she was hilarious. I still remember bits of hers. I still like reference. I still know bits of hers. So they're glued into my brain there. She was so massive. She refers to kind of like a real American style as well, like Bob Newhart. And this kind of very understated... Midwestern, sort of slow comedy. Yep, lots of pauses, lots yeah, of breaks. Yeah, exactly. And she just did it so well. And, you know, in a way, also Tignataro does that. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. very similar, very similar oh. style. That like famous the- phone call to God thing she did on Johnny Carson, yeah. Ellen. I always remember that was like huge. Yeah. And it was only five minutes, but it was just but, gold. But Bob Newhart also had a telephone routine. That telephone routine was inspired by the death of... I presume that must be the one you're talking about. Yeah, that was her big one. Yeah, that's at least that's the one I remember. I even know when I started doing stand-up, there was still such a stereotype of female comedians being lesbians. There really, really was. And I remember, this is like 15 years ago, to be a woman in comedy was like, ugh. It was seen as so like androgynous and unsexy and unattractive. And to add lesbian to that as well. Nowadays, it's so cool. Everybody's polyamorous and bisexual and queer and blah 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 (laughs) but I think there's so many stereotypes about women in comedy when I started so I can't even imagine what it was like in the 80s so for her to come out I know she was successful enough she was able to there would have so much prejudice and preconception what's so great about Sandra Bernhardt is she worked the clubs for many years and then as soon as she got famous she never went back to the clubs and she said i'm never going back and i I wanted to get big enough that i didn't have to do the clubs because it was such an unpleasant experience for women because the promoters were always hitting on you and the other comics were always you know grabbing you and making jokes about your body and all that and imagine ellen in that world do you know Mm, what i mean having to do all that how ugly was that and i also remember when ellen Maybe it was around the time of the TV show. She had a little Hollywood moment and she had a movie called Mr. Wrong. She had several dates or she couldn't find the right man or something like that. Oh, and I wonder why. I wonder why. Right? <laughs> but I remember, I didn't see the movie either, but I remember watching the trailer and this whole scene with her and this man taking her top off mm-hmm. in the trailer. That's Crazy. wacky. That's Crazy. nuts. Yeah. I kind of... I mean, not too sincerely. I don't care really about any celebrity couples. But I mean, if I had to choose one, I think they were, I don't know, they were cool. How long were they together for? Not long. So they were together for three and a half years. Is that all? Yeah. And oh, what a very, wild ride. So controversial. So it didn't really seem to impact Ellen's career so much being in a relationship with Anna Hesch because mm. she was already out. But Anna Hesch, the minute she was seen on the red carpet with Ellen, it basically ended her Hollywood career. She said she lost a million pound contract. She wasn't in a leading role in any studio film for 10 years afterwards. What about Six Days and Seven Nights? So they started filming that days after she was outed or she outed herself. Didn't her and Harrison Ford really not get along very well? Well, so she says he was actually very supportive of her. Oh, good. But the idea of the toxicity of the time. So even the fact Ellen came out in her sitcom... It wasn't even that it just affected her. Laura Dern, who's just a guest star in that episode, said she received backlash over oh. just appearing in that episode. Just being there. So, And yeah, because you had Anne Hesch playing Harrison Ford's love interest, and everyone had just been told to lesbian, everyone just couldn't even buy that for a second on the but film. But also that, that film totally bombed. And it bombed. It was, I think it was going to be a bad film anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the cards were stacked up against her a bit. The moment they just meet, they're at Thanishy Fair Oscar party. I love them. This is how Anne Hesch... Variety. Variety, sweetheart, come on. <laughs> this Details is how matter. Anna Hesch describes the moment. She's describing Ellen. She said she was radiating. I think at certain times in people's lives, you just radiate an energy and a glow of fabulousness. And that was her. 
I had never seen anyone so little. I can't think of a person I would less describe as fabulous than Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Nothing about, I, mean, I can see her being charismatic and everything, but fabulous is not what I would describe Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> Maybe it's because she was in her white tuxedo. Especially if I was at a variety <laughs> Oscars party surrounded by some of the most beautiful people in the world. And you go, Ellen, fabulous. <laughs> I, well, she must have been because she was so different and she was so androgynous. And I think what was fabulous about her is that Hollywood really was convinced that she was a star in that moment. So, David, as a gay man in showbiz, was that a moment for you? Did it sort of open up doors of possibilities you thought would never happen? It felt like part of a moment because there was a lot of gay comedy at that time that was kind of bubbling under. Like there was another act called Suzanne Westenhofer who was sort of also could have been the one that made it. She didn't. Mm -hmm. And she's still out there, you know. There was Sandra climbing the, the ladder in her kind of weird sexuality. And there were gays as well. There was a guy called Bob Smith who was really happening at, at that moment. Scott Capura was happening. He was. Capura was um, happening. Who else? Uh, you know, like nationally, he was in that big film, Robin Williams. But like seeing a gay couple like that, and they were so mainstream the clinic. me it was less about that being mainstream it was more about seeing ellen as a gay comedian make it into hollywood and then have this kind of conventional hollywood romance tabloid fabulousness fame. right down to being her being older and anne hesh being kind of a young blonde ingenue almost way, you know what yeah. i mean it's very kind of almost yeah. very typical hollywood. The up and coming hot yeah. hollywood actress you know she was able to snatch her away and kind of kills her career as well. <laughs> Before we get to the breakup, let's just pause a moment. Anne and Ellen, date night. What do you imagine date night with Anne and Ellen? So it's like the, the late 90s. Where are we going? What are we wearing? Who are we going to meet? Spago in LA, you know, white orchids. Who are we meeting? Late 90s. Who's late 90s? Maybe Corey Feldman. Maybe... Corey Haim? He was still with us. Was River still with us? No, River had gone. River went a few years back. Johnny Depp was around. Johnny was around. He was at the Viper Room. They could have gone to the Viper Room. Would Ellen DeGeneres be hanging around with Johnny Depp? Anne H kind of pushed her into that world a bit. Yeah. Okay. You know what I mean? Gave her a bit of edge. She's got her Pashima on. She's wearing mm -hmm. her best kitten heels. Yes. Your they love the kitten. Yeah. I think Ellen's always been a bit color blocking. That's always worked for her. It's a classic lesbian look. Sadly, all good things must come to an end. Mm. And in the late summer, early autumn of 2000, her love hearts, they didn't make it. They broke up. Now, this breakup, by all accounts, Still quite controversial. Apparently, a few weeks beforehand, they were seen looking at houses. They were very, very happy. Then they break up. Apparently, they're both very upset. This is how Ellen talks about the breakup. Uh -oh. She says, yeah. Hesh walked out the door. I don't have the answers. I don't know what happened. I felt betrayed. It was the first time I'd ever had my heart broken. I've always been the one to leave relationships. I have been in long-term relationships. But this was the one I really believed was forever. Mm. Now, controversially, because oh, Anne, okay. within weeks, has now got together with a guy who worked as a director on Ellen's last comedy tour. Oh. Nice. And she is pregnant within the year. 
After the breakup, Anna is pulls up to a guy's house in the middle of the desert in Fresno. She goes into his house, says she wants some washer, she has a shower, and then she just sits down and starts watching movies in his living room and he's like oh this is a bit weird and he recognizes her and then he calls the sheriff and she says that she is a celestial being and the daughter of god and she's come to save the planet so then she's quickly institutionalized and then she gets better and she gets together with the director guy i mean she had a big year so she left Ellen for Coleman Laughroom. Mm. Nice, good, good name. A cameraman she met from the previous year on Ellen's stand-up tour. They married. They had a child together. Then they got divorced in 2007. Mm. Then she left him for an actor that she'd been working with called James Tipper. They had a baby in 2009, but then separated in 2018. At the moment, according to... Google research. She's single, ready to mingle, but possibly in a relationship with... Thomas Jane. She's with Thomas oh, Jane. No, she was with him, but they have broken up too. Oh, I really they love those two. Too. Now she's dating a skincare guru. Oh. Nice. Oh. Ellen, devastated by the breakup, but then still managed to get her act together and started going out with photographer Alexandra Hedison. Oh. They went out for four years. Oh. Alexandra Hedison is now married to Jodie Foster. Oh, this is great. Now here we're we're back. Very incestuous in the lesbian circles. Power lesbians. 2004, she met her beloved wife, Portia de Rossi. And they've been together ever since. Happily. Anne hasn't spoken a lot until recently about her time with Ellen, which is a bit strange considering like what an impact it had on her profile. It's, you know, how people most know her. So she was recently interviewed off the back of all the allegations about Ellen being difficult to work with, about what it was like to go out with her. She said, every day in my life was reaching out to her to make peace. Ellen found it difficult to trust that I was a woman who could fall in love with a woman while still not being gay. In Anne's own words, and then she said the day they broke up was when Ellen said to her, I don't want a girlfriend who needs friends. Wow. And she said she was quite controlling in the relationship. She was quite possessive. And that Ellen made her quit acting. And that she started a garden and started to write. <laughs> I started nothing. to garden a bad thing. She made me garden. I took up new hobbies. It was a nightmare. <laughs> but she said in her own words, nothing could satisfy her soul. Right. I mean, to be fair, you never see Portia hanging out with too many pals. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's true. But maybe she doesn't want to either. You maybe it's like an insular life. They've got know? that, there's various massive homes, you know. That's right. About White Lotus. So what do you think? What do you think the dynamic was? Because this was the first gay relationship she'd ever been in. That is always tricky for an experienced homosexual <laughs> to take on a new convert to the cause and even one that's sort of less committed to the identity mm. I think is a tricky old thing and I've seen it many many times I have to say so I'm not so surprised with that although that all that controlling stuff doesn't sound very nice either and there's the age difference as well and the big massive power imbalance and just in terms of their fame and things as well that can be really intoxicating you know that yeah. and I remember one time I was at some sort of 
I don't know, some sort of like gay talk or whatever. And they were talking about age difference relationships. And they said that the reason those can work is because the two partners are not in competition. Interesting. I like that. But here's what I think is interesting. So apparently this was one of the vows. So Portia and Ellen got married and one of the vows they made in their ceremony, Portia said, it's good to be loved. It's better to be understood. When I say I love you, what it really means is I understand you. Wow. And we vow to never speak the words and H ever again. <laughs> because it feels like Portia, she was that sexy, you know, she was on Ali McBeal. Yeah. She was making like all the horror films that are really popular in the noughties. But it seems like ever since she's got together with Ellen, her career has very much... Yeah, aside from Arrested Development, I don't know what else she's been really praised for. Arrested Development was the last big one I remember, and that was she was she was a big character in that as well. She was on some streaming thing that I think was not a huge success, but had like a big launch. Maybe she just like thought, screw it, I don't need the money. I can just hang at home and just be. I mean, you can't blame the girl. Yeah, I can literally. I can garden. And walked so Portia could run. You know what I mean? And also walk the dogs and walk the dogs, make the cocktails. Someone's got to order all the white pants suits as well for the various yeah, award show parties. The white you know company I mean? in business. Keep the white company. No. Is Portia in charge of her Gmail? Do you think? I think she's still with Earthling, Ellen. <laughs> yeah, she probably is with maintain Earthling. that just for friends. In their late nineties pomp, who do you think Ellen or Anne? Who do you think could you see yourself going on a night out with? I think I'm probably a little bit more like Ellen. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it, but. I think I like her sense of humor. Cookie Old Anne always struck me as a little bit fly-by-night, a little bit too flaky. I'm always wary of that. Me and Ellen, I think, could have had a good old night. When you say flaky, do you mean bisexual? (laughs) No, I don't. (laughs) I think you'd end up discussing a lot of spirituality on a night out with Anne. All that kind of spirituality in California. Tarot cards would appear. Definitely. She's got crystals on her purse. Definitely. She definitely has to cleanse her crystals. It was all like beaded bags and hemp trousers, anklets, all that stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whereas Ellen would have like a measuring tape or like a screwdriver. The proper lesbians I grew up with, you know. She's a soft butch. (laughs) I think it comes to the part of the evening where we ask the big question. In the breakup of Ellen DeGeneres and Anne Hesch, Mm. bearing in mind Anne has been married twice, she's got two kids, she still seems to work a lot. She has, since the breakup, been nominated for a Tony Award. Anne? Yeah, she was nominated for a Tony Award. She was in a musical with Alec Baldwin. She got nominated for a Tony Award. She's low-key busy. She is low-key <laughs> busy. I'm shocked. Maybe low-key. <laughs> Tony's not that low-key, but anyway. Anne was in a few episodes of Ali McBeal. But Ellen right. must, watching old episodes of Ali McBeal, must be a very stressful experience mm. for Ellen DeGeneres. So we had Anne's story, whereas Ellen, after a rocky few years after a sitcom ending, she got the Ellen talk show. She was America's sweetheart. She got married to Portia. However, in the last few yeah, years... friends with George Bush. That's where it all started going down. What do we think Portia got Ellen for her 60th birthday? Using her own money, I assume. Maybe like a third ownership of title. Close. <laughs> 
Um, iPod Nano. But a really out home, of date. Like a home system, like, a, yeah. like an Apple home system. Tell us. Oh, a safari, probably a safari where she could shoot endangered species <laughs> without the prying eyes of the world media. <laughs> we are actually very close. For his 60th birthday, Portia gave Alan her own gorilla sanctuary. Wow. That is, that says a lot. There's a lot in that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> what do you get the girl who has everything? More. <laughs> gorilla sanctuary. <laughs> you know, I mean, here's the thing. Cher does something like that and she gets lauded. Ellen does something like that. It gets swept <laughs> under the carpet. And no one's talking about it. <laughs> one thing I will say about Ellen, I don't think anyone talks about enough is how good she looks for her age. I think Ellen looks like remarkably good. She looks like 45 to me. Like she looks so good for her age. And you can't really see any real great evidence of a lot having been done to her face, cosmetic surgery or filler wise. Mm. It just looks like she somehow has this exceptionally good genes. She looks amazing for her age. No one talks about it enough. Lesbians, great skin. Great skin. They have good skin. Imagine all the skincare products they can share together as well. You know, just the amount of hyaluronic acid. You just separate bathrooms i'm sure yes and they you know they have someone who fills all that stuff they're not sharing oh god lucky lesbians crazy in the great split we have to make a decision (laughs) you need to make a decision in the breakup of anna hesh and ellen degeneres david mills who do you think has thrived and who has just survived well i don't think this says anything about me I think this is objective truth. Ellen has thrived and Anne H, because I think it's H and not H. I think Anne no H has just survived. Just about. But, you know, she's also thrived in her own wacky way. Her thriving was never going to look like Ellen's thriving. I don't know if you can hear it, but if you pause and you listen very quietly, you can actually hear Ellen DeGeneres breaking into a little mom dance at the news. Oh, God. That <laughs> <laughs> she has won the breakup. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mr. Bills, you're obviously an expert on romance, but we like to help others. There is a very special lady who is currently single, and we like to ask all our guests who we think the person that you think she should couple up with. Yes, the person we're speaking of is the one, the only, the fabulous, but unbelievably single, Cher. Do you know who's free? John Kerry. Ooh! This is a nice one. And super rich, because his wife was a Heinz, and she died and left him all that money. Super and liberal. Super into the environment, political. Oh, she loves that. that. He's got a great sense of humor, still he's dashing bit, at his he's age. He's a bit of a silver fox. Age appropriate. John Kerry and Cher. Oh, that's great. That's great. Because he's got the army background. Yeah. He's like left wing, but he's like a bit like mainstream American apple pie. Mm. You know he likes her music. I think her mom would be really happy with that. Oh, Oh, she would be thrilled. She'd love that. She'd be thrilled. I mean, the problem is she she likes younger guys and she likes rock and rollers. It may be in her age, she realizes, try something new. I've tried that. It hasn't worked out. David, thank you so much for joining our thruple. What fun. Where can we find you? Follow me on Twitter or Instagram at David Mills, D-E-P-T. David Mills, David Mills, D-E-P-T. That's me. And I have a fabulous newsletter mm-hmm. called Quality Time. Highly recommend. You can find out about that on Twitter. If you go to my Twitter account, David Mills Department, then you can sign up for my very successful 
weekly e-newsletter, a range of people skim every week. Internationally. An international. Internationally. Joint, joint international. Skimmed through newsletter. <laughs> internationally skimmed through newsletter. <laughs> it is widely ignored in an airport waiting line, guys. Come on. <laughs> widely ignored around the world. Around the world, around honestly. The world. <laughs> or... As I said earlier, whenever two or more gather in my name, I am there in spirit. So just bring your friends together in my name and I will be with you. (laughs) The Way They Were is an Amanda Redman production produced by Abby Weaver and Amanda Redman. We want to hear your celebrity couple crush. So email us on thewaytheywerepod at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at thewaytheywerepod and we're on Instagram at thewaytheywerepodcast. Thanks so much to Audio Boom for hosting and thanks to you for listening. Until the next time, goodbye. Goodbye. The, the way, way they were. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour 3-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Hey, podcast listener. Do you love talking about movies, music, TV, comics, and games? Then you should be listening to The Great Pop Culture Debate, back in bigger than ever for Season 9. This season, the panelists discuss the best James Bond film, the best Elton John single, the best Nickelodeon original series, the best Batman villain, and so much more. Find the show wherever you listen to podcasts or head to greatpopculturedebate.com. More than 100 topics are already available. Subscribe today.